This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's 7.16. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. Up next, at a forum in Kotabaru yesterday, Klantan Pass Deputy Commissioner Datuk Dr. Mohamed Fazli Hassan said that the amendment to the Sharia Courts Act 1965, better known as Act 355, will soon reach its quote-unquote desired conclusion. Stage 15 out of 24 is where it is. Um, He also said that the federal government is currently looking to harmonise Sharia and civil laws. Um, He's also said the retribution and discretion aspect of Sharia law are already prevalent in Malaysian law, but that it needs to be improved to be more in line with Islamic teachings. Um, I suppose, as you would expect, um, that there was also a continuation of conversation about why we have become so reliant on on Western law, for instance, why it didn't feel like this was something that should have been done sooner. All that kind of stuff was also discussed. So for a little bit of background, Act 355 was first stabled in 2016 as a private member's bill by past President Datuk Sri Abdul Hadi Awang. uh, And it essentially sought to raise the Sharia Court's maximum sentencing limits. So currently, three years jail, 5,000 ringgit fine, six strokes of the cane, to 30 years jail, one 100,000 ringgit fine and 100 100 strokes of the cane. Um, And so in September 2021, Prime Minister Datu Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob said that the bill will be presented to the states for discussion once it's finalised. So essentially that's what they mean when they say it is soon going to be uh, ready, that final bill is going to be available to be tabled. I think perhaps quite unsurprisingly, there's been a fair amount of controversy surrounding this bill, uh, talking about it being uh, quite punitive in nature. Um, and so uh, we are going to try and unpack where we're currently at and what this means. In the meantime, do send your thoughts our way. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweeters at BFM Radio. Joining us now is Sharia lawyer Nizam Bashir. Nizam, good to have you with us. Hi, thanks for having me. So the plans to amend Act 355 have been going on for years now, um, and this current statement uh, says that it will soon reach this desired conclusion. What do you make of the statement and also the timing? Well, I think the statement merely affirms what has been happening behind the scenes for quite a while. Um, As you quite correctly noted in the initial portions of uh, this segment, uh, RUU 355 was tabled by Dr. Shri Abdul Hadi Awang on 26 May 2016 as a private member's bill. And uh, the amendments, of course, included uh, enhancing the maximum sentencing limits of the Sharia courts. But what is interesting is that it's taken almost six years for RUU 355 to take shape. Um, and I, find, I, I say interesting because the next GE is just around the corner. Uh, and for that reason, I think... Um, the timing is most certainly interesting. So if we do see this amendment come to light, what are some aspects within the Sharia courts that would change? Well, in its uh, present iteration, uh, RU355 merely sets the limits as to what Sharia courts can sentence. Um, and, and the limits are basically three years imprisonment, 5,000 ringgit fine, six strokes of the whip. Um, let's call that the 356 formula, yeah? Um, some media reports have suggested that those limits may be enhanced specifically to cater or to, to punish um, the LGBT community. Um, nevertheless, uh, as mentioned earlier, when the past president introduced the private member's bill for its first reading, 
one of the measures then was to raise the sentencing limits of the Sharia courts. Now, I just have two things to say about this. Um, firstly, I just think if one makes a proposal to enhance punishment for whatever subject matter, there must be some statistical basis to it. And I don't know whether the facts necessarily show an increase in which, whichever offence. Uh, on a pro rata basis, uh, since the introduction of the initial Sharia Courts Criminal Jurisdiction Act, uh, and whether that those statistics have been appropriately presented in Parliament. Uh, secondly, and I think it's more important to also uh, note that compassion is an integral part of Islam. Uh, it, you know, the only surah in the Quran which does not begin with a bismillah, which is in the name of God, most gracious and most merciful, is Surah at Tawbah, which interestingly enough means repentance. So I find it troubling that the present suggestion merely fixates on enhancement of punishment as opposed to identifying remedial measures for a particular offence or offender. So, it was said that the retribution and discretion aspect of the Sharia law uh, is already prevalent in our current Malaysian law, uh, but that it needs to be improved so that it's more in line with Islamic teaching. Could you first help us understand how our current laws cover these aspects? I can only imagine that he's suggesting that the present punishments do not accord with a strict reading of the Islamic law or Sharia law. Now, of course, the 356 formula is not really there in the Quran, and most of the offences in present Sharia criminal laws have adopted that 356 formula. Uh, I don't know whether he's suggesting that we follow hudud punishments in the Quran to the letter. Perhaps he is, perhaps he's not. Uh, and if he is, then going by present constitutional jurisprudence on the issue, spe- specifically the Ikiputra decision, his aspirations appear to be off course. Um, He also said that the government is currently looking to harmonise Sharia and civil law. Um, What does this mean and what would it entail? Um, Well, as as I mentioned earlier, there may be uh, some areas of the Sharia law which may conflict with civil laws. So, for example, in the Penal Code, Section 376 prescribes the offence of statutory rape. Uh, and and that, that is essentially when someone has sexual intercourse with a girl below the age of 16. Nevertheless, uh, uh, within Islamic family laws, there is an allowance for marriage to take place uh, within set, certain parameters, of course, with someone below the age of 16. So as you can see, um, there, there is a bit of um, disconnect between the two. Right? Civil law says it's an offense. Islamic law says it's not, essentially, and you can... You can um, a marriage can be undertaken uh, within certain parameters. So it's things like that, I think, which uh, may require a rethink, and uh, we need to discover exactly how we intend to deal with those conflicting areas of the law. So you touched earlier on the implementation of harsher sentencing under the Sharia courts. What kind of impact would uh, would this have? Well, it's an, it's an increment which is about 10 times where jail is concerned. Uh, from from uh, three years, we've gone to 30, 30 years. 20 times where fines are concerned, uh, basically from 5,000 to 100,000. And 16 times where caning is concerned, from uh, six strokes uh, to essentially 100 strokes. So purely from a numbers perspective, there will be that impact. Is it necessarily problematic? If you abide by the law, surely not. But if you don't, then it's going to be problematic for the offender. And I think... Uh, we need to really consider whether this is the best way forward. Uh, if the intent is to, you know, not just fixate on punishment, but also consider the the, the other aspects uh, that is fundamental in Islamic law. 
So even though PAS has stated that this act uh, isn't going to involve non-Muslims, concerns have been raised that this amendment would lead to the potential for unjust judicial outcomes if individuals involved in cases were of different religions. How would you respond to that? Well, that would be obvious. Uh, Certainly where multiple parties are involved in an offence, one Muslim and one one who is not, uh, certainly the range of outcomes will be quite different uh, for them respectively. Of course, the easy workaround uh, for that is to supposedly harmonise both civil and sharia punishments. Will that be done? I, I just think that there are some areas where you, you, you have to pick one or the other. You can't, you can't necessarily harmonise um, those areas, I think. You just have to pick which is the preferred uh, range of punishment and, and, you know, just that's it. Nizam, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I think it's important in our desire to ensure that we follow God's laws in all its rigours, it's equally important to remember that mercy is a cornerstone of Islamic law. There are prophetic traditions on this subject, and there are other principles in Islamic law as well. Uh, for example, avoiding tajassus, which is seeking out offences done in private, and satar, which is providing excuses for private misconduct. So it's not just about implementing Islamic law, but also uh, taking into account other countervailing principles where the aim is to maximise mercy. And I think we would do well to remember that. Nizam, thanks for speaking with us today. My pleasure. That was Sharia lawyer Nizam Bashir um, helping us understand um, this current state, that stage that we are at uh, when it comes to Act 355, which PAS says will soon reach its conclusion. Uh, let us know what do you make of this. You can call 77332900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, after this on Popcorn Culture, a change of pace. We're talking about word-of-mouth movies and TV shows, the ones that you watched because someone recommended them to you or that you keep recommending to people. Uh, So that's coming up after the 7.30 news. So send your suggestions through as well and keep it here on the Evening Edition BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my, bfm89.9, the business station.